This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, February 26, 2020, and, well, we news is still the news. We still get lots of it. More news about the coronavirus, and the market actually did better today. It was up most of the day, and then came down, and then it ended up being mixed. So maybe the initial uh, the fright is over uh, by investors, but that, I, don't, I don't think the correction is over. This is nothing more than a correction so far. As a matter of fact, it's not even that deep yet. Feels like it because you had two days with 1,000-point drops, but you know it's still not that deep. It's not even 10% yet. So like six and a half, seven, seven percent somewhere in that range. So I don't think you should worry about it too much. Uh, not yet. Um, and I don't, you know, there's, there's, all, there's two different feelings about this coronavirus. Some people think it's really going to affect the world economy tremendously. And I'm thinking it will affect it, but not that much. Not as much as everybody's fearing. Because I, I, I sit back, I stand back and think about, well, the flu, just the ordinary flu has got tens of thousands of people die from flu. <laughs> yeah, you know, we have 2,800, 3,000 people dying for this coronavirus. And yeah, it's going to get worse. I, I'm not disputing that. But how bad is bad? You know, you know it's really killing off uh, the things. The people who are dying are the people that have weak immune systems or older or whatever. Those are the people that really are passing away and they would do the same thing in the flu and i realize this is a different it's a new thing and but i think the fear might be overdone i'm not saying that the response has been overdone i think the response has got to be hard and fast and you got to respond to it i'm just saying i'm not so sure the the fear of it is not being blown up by the media Yes, you should fear it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, how fearful should you be? I think that's being overdone. I'm Steve Peasley. I hope you'll call me this hour. This is a call-in show, everybody. Now I want to talk to you. I want to answer your financial questions, so you can call them anytime you want. Call and ask anything you want financially, and I'll talk to you about it. And if I don't know the answer, I'll tell you that, too. Okay, and this is all about, you know, our same goals we talk about every time. We all want to have financial freedom. That's what we're all. That's our gear. That's what we geared for to try and make our investments work for us. Simple as that. So it's time for you to give me a call, ask your financial questions. Our anytime listener line number is open. It's open live. We're live right now. We're live Monday through Friday, four to five Pacific time, and the number is eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Real quickly, let me remind you that tomorrow I will be in San Jose. Meeting with the pre-registered listeners, doing a portfolio reviews, taking a look at what they have. And March 20th, Justin Klein will be, uh, that's going to be our next next visit to San Jose, March 20th. And I have a schedule. I'm going to be back to New York. I'm going to be in, uh, this year I'm going to be in Chicago, Atlanta, back to uh, Texas. But I think I'll go to Houston, not Dallas this next time. So you just Pay attention, and I'll be announcing those days. It's also on my website, investtalk.com or kppfinancial.com, and you can see my schedule there. So you'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be announcing those things. 
My main talking point today concerns a report about volatility causing some buyers to reallocate their holdings, which would be normal. So we're going to talk about whether there's protection, protection plays, and you know different kinds of ways to to defend yourself or be invested or not invested about this worry about coronavirus. Frankly, I think you should stay the course. If you haven't done anything already, I think you should stay the course. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it could be painful, but you know what? The market's always come back. Always has. Also going to talk about too much concentration. Is that good or bad? Concentration means in the portfolio. Having your stocks uh, specifically in just a few few places. And I want to talk about the concentration in the indexes. Home prices continue to rise. Did you see that? It's a, it seems like that they, um, this is, the, I'm going to ta- mention a Case Shiller report, but I want to talk about how much, what's it going to be like this year? And which group is smoking more pot than general, uh, Generation X or Millennials or Baby Boomers? Which group is, is, is smoking more and more pot, more and more marijuana? I thought this was an interesting story that I'd share with you. The market was mixed today. The Dow was down 124 points. The S&P was up 15, and the s I mean, the, the Nasdaq was up 15, and the S&P was down 12. So Dow down 124, the Nasdaq up 15, and the S&P 500 down 12. That's mixed day. The market was better that during the day, but finally gave up its gains. But, you know, that's much less volatility than we've had in recent days. So maybe short term, we're starting to see some calming down and less, less the coronavirus blows up somewhere unexpectedly. The market, the market's probably going to just move sideways for a while. I mean, I don't think, I don't think we'll have a V bottom at this point because there's still too much worry about there, out there about it. V bottom means it's now hit the bottom and shooting straight back up. I don't think that's happening. I don't. Anyways, that's what we're going to talk about today. As you have probably noticed, Justin and I do our very best to include as many caller questions as possible. So let's get to that. This came in. This call came in earlier at any time. Listener line number eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hey, my name is Peter. Just uh, wanted to call to get your opinion on a uh, stock here. But first, I want to say thanks for the show. Really appreciate the work. Um, I love it. So I was curious about Phillips sixty six Papa Sierra X Ray. I'm um, looking to possibly get into it for a long term hold for the dividend payout. So just curious. Thanks for the show. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you can answer my question. Okay. P as in Paul, S as in Sam, X as in X-ray is the symbol, everybody. So PSX. PSX. Phillips 66. Headquarters out of Houston, engaged in the refining, marketing of oil and gas and petroleum products. It is a $35, $36 billion company. So it's a big cap, very large cap. Um, they're going to make money this year. They've made money every year forever. Uh, this year, they're going to make $9.50 per share. Next year is $9.82. Now, that might change with this coronavirus. Dividend is 4.57, 4.5%. That's why you buy these big oil companies. You buy them for the dividend. You know, uh, I'd see no other reason why you would buy a big oil company. I want to just say, secularly speaking, secular meaning very long term, oil is in a downturn because everybody's looking for clean energy. 
right? Cars, any type of production of energy, they're looking for clean energy. So that means eventually, I think they will find it and it will eventually replace a lot of the oil. But I don't, that's, that's years and decades away before that, you know, before we, and you'll always have demand for oil, always, just less so. So, um, I think you should, I think having oil right now for the dividends, and that's the only reason really you should have them, my personal opinion. Um, and this dividend is 4.5%, very low valuation. I mean, it's an $80 stock, going to make $9.82 next year. That means the PE is below 10. But they're low as they've ever had their PE of 7. So it has been this low before. The stock itself is very healthy financially. And that 4.5% dividend is, is t- totally intact. I mean, that's $3, $4 a share dividend. They make $9.82 next year. Cash flow is $11.30. So the dividend is very well covered. So it's not, it's not a bad play. You know, I, I want, I've said this before. I said it many times, a couple, three times, at least this week alone. Wait till it stops falling. Let it move sideways. You know, you don't try to catch a falling knife. Remember that remember that saying? Do not try to catch a falling knife. Wait till it hits the ground. Wait till it stops rattling. Then pick it up by the handle. Same thing with stocks. Don't try to catch them while they're falling. And then oils are still falling. So just be patient. Just be patient. Okay? You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we present this program with five new shows each week, Monday through Friday. And it is broadcast and streamed live on our 4, four o'clock hour in Pacific time. So I hope you'll tell your friends or family about it. Appreciate that. Um, and I encourage you to contact me or Justin Klein in Irvine, California at our KPP financial offices. You know, if you want to have help with portfolio review, portfolio management. Remember, I can't manage your portfolio for you. I can just review the portfolio. I'm not going to pick your stocks. I'm not going to tell you what to buy and what to sell. That's not going to happen. But I'll take a look at the portfolio and give you my opinion. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. The health of your financial future may depend on the decisions you start making now in 2020. Steve Peasley is here, ready to provide his unbiased investment guidance. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Todd calling from South Georgia. Got a question on a stock and a general comment. What I'm looking at adding potentially to a portfolio is BHP, BHP. And my general question has to do with greed. How do you deal with greed in dealing with buying and selling stocks? For example, do you have a certain cutoff percentage that you tend to lower your position? And is that based on how much percentage a particular stock may go up and the percentage it is in your overall portfolio? Just any kind of um, general rules of thumb would be helpful in terms of buying and on the other hand selling in other words chasing a falling stock you know buying more when should you cut your losses 
love to hear your answer. I know a lot of it's going to be about risk and risk tolerance, but I look forward to hearing your answer to that question. Thank you. Love your show. Okay, before we get to BHP, I'll give you a couple of guidelines here. I don't like a dollar cost averaging down into a stock. I really don't. I don't mind doing a mutual funds because it's a broad base thing. But in individual stocks, I don't like dollar cost average. So if you buy it and it falls and you say, well, gee, I'm going to buy some more. It's cheap. It's not something I'm that interested in. Because if you buy and it goes down, you have to admit to yourself that you were wrong because you bought it when you thought it was low. So I don't want to try, I don't want to compound a mistake. Uh, that doesn't mean they're all mistakes, but you know, there's, you just got to be very conscious that you're buying it lower and you're adding to a mistake. The same thing is true when the stock is shooting up. You know, I don't like buying a stock that's already shot up and buy more of it, even though I'm, I'm more, I'm, I'm, I might do that more often than, than a dollar cost averaging down. When do it balance? Let's say you bought a stock and it doubled or tripled. Well, that's why I keep talking about rebalancing your portfolio. One way to rebalance a portfolio is the stock comes too too much of a percentage of your portfolio, you sell it. Or you don't sell it all, you sell it back. You know, and then it keeps rising, you keep selling it back. It's that kind of thing. It's trimming and sprucing up. It's like a garden. Your portfolio is like a garden, okay? You want to trim and pull the weeds and, you know, let the flowers grow and, you know, fertilize it when you need to and, you know, water it when you need to. And, you know, sometimes you need to pull the whole flower out because it's already bloomed and it's done. It's that kind of thing. There's no hard and fast rules. I hate to tell you that, but there isn't. And, then, oh, and I still got to get to BHP, by the way, which is a mining company is still falling, and I would wait till it stops falling. On the next Invest Talk, this story, U.S. home sales are surging. Could housing market strength, which accounts for about 33% of the GDP, help keep the economy expanding on track? I think so. Well, I really do. So I was going to talk about it today, but I guess I'm going to talk about it tomorrow. That story is tomorrow. Well, I won't be, but Justin will. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Tomorrow, Steve Peasley will be in San Jose, California, meeting with Talk listeners. His Thursday appointments are fully booked. Justin Klein will be in San Jose on March 20th. So don't delay. Learn how Justin can help you balance and optimize your portfolio. Register now at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. We're going to talk to Jessica uh, in the Bronx. We want to talk about long-term Hi. portfolio. Jessica, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. Oh, my question is, oh, that's good. Um, my question is, I'm looking into building like my long-term portfolio for my Roth, and I wanted to know what are the best things to consider when doing that, like exactly what to look at and like the best way to pick stocks, and um, is the current market condition right now a good buying time? Well, I don't think it's a good buy right this second, but I think it's going to be. Uh, I really do. Um, we're in the midst of a correction. I just don't know if we're done with it. But no one, Jessica, no one really knows 
when the market starts to fall, how far it's going to go. No one really knows. You know, we have standards, we have history that we lean on. A 10% correction is health restoring and it's normal and we're down about six and a half or so. So we're getting there. Um, and to, the, the portfolio, I always tell people, you should have a core holding in your portfolio. Those are stocks that you want to own forever. They're companies that you want to own forever. Uh, so that should be like a core of your portfolio. And you, you wait and be patient to buy those stocks when you think they're on, on sale on a good price. For instance, I think big oil, and I've said this before, certainly is going to be very attractive, but not just yet. But I think that might be a one or two big oils a core holding. There's there's okay. a number of stocks I'm I'm looking at that, that are core holdings, and I'm thinking that it's going to be close to be a buy here shortly. So that's how you do it. If you're a very aggressive investor, you will have less big blue chip stocks. Always think that also if you're going to buy core holdings, most of them should have decent or high dividends, sustainable dividends, a history of paying dividends. Because I know people, people in these days are always looking for the, the, the Googles and Apples and the Facebooks of the, of the market, thinking, well, I want those. Well, everybody wants those. So, you know, yes, you can have them, but that should not be necessarily part of your core holdings. Unless they get cheaper, I, I don't think you should chase them. They, they, they got too expensive. Thanks for the call, Jessica. Good luck. I hope it, you know, I'll be happy to talk to you more if you want to talk about this off the air. I'll be happy to do that. Let's go to Andre in Los Angeles. He wants to talk about Pfizer. Hello? Andre. Hi, Andre. Yeah, I have, yeah, so it looks like Pfizer had uh, an update today, and it looks like it's kind of at the bottom of like a resistance level. I'm wondering what your, what your take on it is. I think that you're exactly right. Uh, it looks like it's trying to bounce off a, a bottom that it put in in like in August, retested it in October, not quite the, all that bottom, and here we now retesting it again, and that what we call that called support, and it did bounce up today, two point three three percent. Pfizer is the the current P is twelve. It's a thirty four dollar stock and make three dollars and two cents. So that's going to be a, a little, a little, a little above 11 PE, and that's the lowest it's been in five years. 11. The range of the PE is 11 to 16. Turn X is 26 percent. The only problem you have is that sales have been shrinking slowly in the last three quarters. Hopefully they'll turn that around. It doesn't really worry me that much. I mean, it's a $192 billion company, and they pay a 4.4% dividend. And this this kind of fits Jessica, the caller before you, Andre, kind of fits what we were talking about. Pfizer would be a core holding. You would buy it and just hold it and not worry about it. Because it's it's very strong. About, you, you talk about oversold and, and overbought. What what are you looking at when you say that? Does that have to do with the volume in a day or? No, no, it does not. Uh, there's it's called relative strength, and you can easily see it in the relative strength uh, indicator. RSI, it's called RSI, relative strength indicator. If you look at a one year chart. Or five-year chart, I don't care. You'll look that when the RSI the, it has two bars, going one going about across the seventy percent line, and another one on a thirty percent line. Whenever the bar is above that, it's overbought. If it was above seventy, it's overbought. When it's below it, 
or below 30, it's oversold. Pfizer right now is below 30. Well, actually, it's right at 30. It was over below 30 yesterday. <laughs> so it's oversold. Whenever you see that, there's usually and take a look. Go back and look at the look at the price of the stock with the RSI line, and you'll see. Oh, yeah, it does. It kind of tends to tends to when it stays in between, it means nothing. Between 30 and 70, it's only when it goes above it or below it that it's oversold, overbought, overbought, oversold. And when I say the market looks like it's uh, you know, it looks like it's overbought. It looks like it's ahead of itself. That means that it's probably above the 70 line. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Andrew. Okay, we've, uh, we've all been watching the effects of the coronavirus on the market, on the news, right? So I got a trivia question. If you happen to be a citizen of Wahoo or Wuhan, China, Wuhan, China, that's where it started. The most heavily affected province in China and your family suffers a death by the coronavirus, what will the Chinese government give you in terms of financial compensation? So I'll have the answer on the break here, right after the break. But now we are taking your market and financial questions live, 888-99-CHART. Numbers are elusive. But if it goes to zero, do you lose all your money? They're always changing. As you know, Apple is all-time high again. Invest Talk listeners know it's all about the numbers. I'm 82. I'm interested in knowing what the recommended withdrawal rate would be. So the questions keep coming. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm question regarding real estate. Everything counts. Jason, El Segundo, how you doing? Let's go to Michael in Fremont looking at Occidental Petroleum. And here's an interesting number. Downloads for the Invest Talk podcast now average 450000 each month. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, thank you for your continued support. I really appreciate your insight and your understanding of the market and financial business. Since it all started, the total number of Invest Talk downloads has now exceeded 20 million. InvestTalk.com. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Okay, so as you know, the coronavirus, my trivia question uh, about the coronavirus, it started uh, in, in uh, China, and Wuhan, China, which is 11 province of 11 million people there, and that's where the most deaths are. So what was the Chinese government response? How much money did they pay for for compensation for a person, person who died? That's what the, that's how the Chinese government does things. They don't necessarily do the same thing we do. They pay a, a financial uh, gift uh, if, if someone dies from this. So here's the answer. 98% of the outbreak, of course, is centered in China. We all know that. And, you know, that's it's big. But the market is adjusting to the coronavirus news. It will. Uh, and, of course, if there's a huge breakout somewhere else, the market will fall again. Don't think that that is ending. But if we don't get any huge outbreak, market gets pretty much used to what's already out there. Market kind of reacts that way. Okay, so the, there's a death benefit, okay, to the family 
of someone who died from the coronavirus. In China, that death benefit comes to a whopping $750 per death. That's not a lot. If you're infected, uh, if you're if you are an infected frontline health worker who contracts the virus, if you just get it, you'll get four hundred thirty dollars. If you're one of the workers who are working on that, some of those workers pass away, you know. So, and by the way, the Chinese call this compensation condolence funds. Condolence funds. Let's go to Edwin in Fremont. How you doing, Edwin? How you doing? I'm good. You have a question? Yeah. yeah, I have a question with the ticker symbol PACB. They were, um, well, Illumina was going to acquire this company, but uh, and they went through. Okay. So someone already bought it, Pacific Biosciences, it was purchased? No. Uh, Illumina uh, uh, was going to acquire it. But it didn't go uh-huh. through. Oh, it did uh, not late, go through. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay, uh, uh, this is a bio, Pacific Biosciences California. It's a very small company, $517 million size. Develops an integrated platform which records single molecular events of real time for genetic analysis. They don't make money. They never made money. Sales are growing pretty fast. But they don't make any money. It wouldn't be something I would want to own. Do you want to buy it or do you already own it? I want to buy it. Don't buy it. Seems like they're oversold. (laughs) Well, it's clearly oversold. That is correct. But it deserves to be sold. They're going to lose 58 cents a share next year after losing 61 cents a share this year. They've never made money. So I, I don't like to buy stocks. I don't like recommending people to buy stocks when they don't make money. Now, someone could come along and buy, offer to buy it. It's a $3.38 stock. I mean, someone could buy it easy. It's only $517 million. That's pocket change to a lot of bigger companies. But they have to have something that they want. Why did the sale not go through? That would be something you'd definitely want to know. Maybe they know something you don't. That's why it didn't go through. I, I would I would say away from it. Edwin, thanks for the call. appreciate it. My main talking point today. Volatility is causing some buyers to reallocate their holdings. What does that mean, everybody? Reallocate to be defensive. Well, they talk about gold, and we've talked about gold. Gold is, usually goes in the opposite direction of the market. And gold goes up if there's fear. And, of course, the coronavirus is very fearful. Gold goes up if the dollar gets weak. That's not happening. Gold goes up when inflation comes. Don't see any inflation either. More deflation than inflation. So it's just fear that's driving gold now. So, but that is a defensive play. You also can buy ETFs that have low, low volatility, uh, 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 low beta to the market, meaning that they don't go down necessarily with the market. They also don't go up. So you might want, if you're going to think about a low volatility ETF, you might want to consider one that pays a nice dividend because that's about all you're going to get. Okay, so those are a couple things you could do. You know, um, you can read the article on my website, investtalk.com, if you want to get the whole thing. 888-99-CHARTERS, our number. We're going to talk about Disney. Jack in San Jose wants to talk about Disney. Jack. Hi, I just got a question. Yeah, on Disney, I'm looking into buying uh, Disney. So uh, is it a good time? Uh, uh, I believe they announced that um, there's a new CEO and 
Uh, also, the yep. coronavirus is affecting uh, their uh, their parks. And so I was wondering if it's a, a good time or should I wait until uh, uh, later on? Okay, I like Disney as a, I like your thinking. I think you're going to buy it on a good uh, pullback. Disney is going to make tons of money. They have three ways to make money. Their parks, their movies, and their TV uh, venture with uh, not only ESPN and ABC, but also with their brand new uh, Disney Plus or whatever it's called. I don't remember what it's called. Um, so I think I, I like Disney for a long-term blue chip core holding. So yeah, on this fall, I would buy it. But I might wait a few days. You want to wait till it goes sideways, you know, but I definitely would buy it on this weakness because Disney doesn't get weak too often. And this is a good time that finally it's getting weak for someone who wants to get into it. It's going to give you an opportunity. So uh, it's not cheap. You know, the PE is about 23 uh, and the range is 14 to 28, but it was 28. Now it's 23. I'm hoping that it come down more. Really. I would love to be able to buy it like around 107, 110, somewhere in there. It's at 123 right now. It was 140 just three, four days ago. So, and it was high this year in the last year. It was as high as 151 or so. So, yeah, yes. The answer is yes, Jack. Buy it, but wait till it turns sideways a little. Wait till it stops falling. Let's go to Sid in Georgia. He wants to buy a house. Sid. Hey, hey, Steve. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 22 years old, and so I know generally as a young guy, I should be pretty aggressive with the investing. Um, but in terms of if I'm trying to buy a house in five to seven years, just wondering where I should put that money. Okay, five to seven years is pretty long. Uh, so I think you can invest it in the market over that period of time, and you'll probably do pretty good. But when you get two to three years close, I would start taking money out of the market. I don't generally like to put house money into the market, generally speaking. But if you're five to seven years out, you could do it now for the next couple, three years and see how the market does for you. But then start pulling it out. You don't have to pull it all at one time. But generally speaking, you don't want to take too much risk with house money because you can easily lose it. Remember in 2008, the market went down 50%. What if that happens the very year you want to buy the house and you're in the market? That could be very frustrating for you. And then you'd want to come through this uh, airways here and strangle me. <laughs> so so don't, you know, I think you have time enough to put in the market now with five to seven years out. Okay? Thanks for the call, Sid. I'm CPZ and you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously you kind of understand the importance of, you know, guidance, unbiased guidance and experience, market analysis. That's why you're calling. I encourage you to consider subscribing to our KPP Premium Newsletter, written and distributed by me every Friday, every Friday. In the newsletter, you'll get lots of information, market analysis, portfolio management, a couple stock ideas every Friday. And so if you're interested in that kind of thing, be happy to I would love to have you sign up. It's called the KPP Premium Newsletter. You can subscribe anytime on investtalk.com. And now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. Portfolio Review Day is almost here. Tomorrow, Steve Peasley will be in San Jose, California, meeting with Investtalk listeners. His Thursday appointments are fully booked. 
but you will have a second chance to get your personalized, no-cost, and no-obligation portfolio reviews from KPP Financial. Justin Klein will be in San Jose on March 20th. So don't delay. Learn how Justin can help you balance and optimize your portfolio. Register now at investtalk.com. Hi, Steve. I'm calling because I have a question regarding long-term care. Currently, I'm 30 years old. And as I get older, I'm wondering what you think the best options for long-term care. Currently, I'm still single. So just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Thank you. Uh, you would be so much better off if you take the premium you would pay for long-term care and put it in the stock market over the next 30 years. Because long-term care, the chances of you using it, first of all, is small. And the chance of you using it until you're at least old is even a fraction of that small. It's tiny, tiny possibility that you would use it. So take that premium and buy, I don't care, buy any blue chip stock. Uh, Disney is a good one. Or buy an S&P 500. Buy an ETF of dividend paying stocks. I don't really care. You would be a lot better off for the next 30 plus years to put that premium toward market. You know, and then if, when take that money out, that could be your long-term care. That money you have invested, that's what I did, by the way. I am not a big fan of long-term care insurance. There's several reasons. Some of it is regards that there's a lot of restrictions and you got to fit the right restrictions and they delay giving you the benefits for 30, 60, 90 days, usually 60, 90 days before you can even earn it. Long-term care, you have to be in some home someplace and most of the time you're not going to be there for very long. And they limit the payments, even though you pay premium forever. Also, premiums go up as you get older. And when you get older, let's say you retire and you don't have an income anymore, the premiums keep going up. And you've got to keep paying more and more and more. Then you cancel long-term care policy. And guess what? Two years later, then you need it. See, there's a lot of reasons I don't like it. Just my opinion. Okay? Don't buy it. Just my opinion. Okay, let's look at a few stories today. Gold was down $10, $1,639 an ounce. 10-year treasury yield, 1.34. They, and it's close to the two-year treasury yield, so you got to be careful of the inversion. That's a bad thing. Oil was at about $50 a barrel. Okay, uh, jet fuel costs are going down. 80% of the flights in China have been canceled. New home sales are up 7.9% month over month. That's good, 764000 That's good. That's good news for the housing market. Medium home sale price up strongly. Refinance activity is also up because the 10-year treasury pulled down, the 30-year fixed mortgage pulls down with it, and it's getting cheaper and cheaper. So, anyways, uh, which international group is the largest buyer of high-end homes in the United States? Do you know? Which international group is the largest buyer of high-end homes, expensive homes in the U.S.? Chinese. That's who. Let's keep it moving. Here comes another caller question from 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Morgan from Georgetown, Texas, asking about a stock that I've been watching, ENDP. It is a medical stock, Indo International. And yesterday, despite the rest of the market going down, it was up 8%. The volume was 
20 million, typically 7 million. Just want to know what y'all think. They have a new CEO, but I can't imagine that that's the only reason why it's gone up by 8%. I'd love to hear your comments and thoughts. Have a great day. Okay, uh, probably I can I can guess why. This is Indo International, everybody? E N D P develops branded and generic for pharmaceutical products in areas of pain management, and of course we're talking about opioid. And because M N K uh, has come up with a settlement for the opioid problems, um, I think that's positively affecting other companies that do produce this stuff. So, Indo Indo International, they're going to make, they make money forever, right? They're going to make $2.26 a share this year and $2.27 a share next year. Sales have been kind of flat, but what is $2.27 worth? What kind of PE would you put on that when there's hardly any growth? That's the big negative. There's no growth here. Would you put a 10 PE on it? How about a 5 PE? Well, right now the PE is 3. So it's really, really, really cheap. Why? Because of the pharma, because of the, you know, the issue that I just mentioned. Okay. Uh, so you got to find out where they align with the opioid problem. That's where you're looking at. They don't have a lot of growth. If they don't have, you know, some really good phase three drugs coming out, I would be stay away from it because, you know, there's a reason why it's at 3PE. Sales growth is not there. Okay, it's a 1.4 billion dollar company, so it's a small cap company, uh, but they make good money. But that, they used to make four dollars a share in 2016, 2015. You know, they've been making now they're only making 2.27. See, that's why it's so cheap. So be very careful. Just because it's cheap doesn't mean it's attractive. You want to know what the future is like for the company. Do they have drugs in the pipeline? And I'm talking about phase three, not phase one or two in testing, but drugs that are going to come out shortly or look very positive. Then you could be a buyer of it. Okay, let's go to Daniel Palo Alto. How you doing, Daniel? What's going on? Do you want to talk about... M-O-M-O? Who's yes, that? sir. I just wanted your wisdom on it. It's a Chinese stock, so I just need your wisdom on whether it's a good time to get in. I, fortunately or unfortunately, have owned it for a while, and it's down about 10%. Okay. If you'll hold on after the quick break here, I will definitely pick it up and go and, and get back to you. Okay. We have, we, we have one minute left. Is that right? Okay. This is Invest Talk, everybody. 30 seconds. Okay. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. That's our goal, and our work will continue. So get your questions in 888 99 chart. On the next Invest Talk, this story U.S. new home sales are surging. So could housing market strength, which accounts for about 3% of the GDP, Help keep the economic expansion on track. That story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Okay, Daniel, I appreciate your waiting. Are you still there? Yes, sir, I am. 
good. Momo, Inc. I, I actually was able to read a couple of quick articles about it, so that helped too. This is a Chinese provider of mobile-based social networking platform with 113 million monthly active users. I kind of like that even in the face of this crisis with coronavirus and, and China because, remember, it's a platform, networking. That's right. I think people yep. stay in their house are going to do more, 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 more networking, you know, <laughs> more social based networking because they're going to be in home. So I don't think I don't think sales are going to get hurt. And it's a fairly inexpensive stock. I make three dollars and one cent next year. It's a twenty eight dollar stock. That's a ten P.E. Okay, and that five-year range is 10 to 500, so it's right at its low. Turn equity is high at 29%. Sales growth is 16% in the last quarter. Quarter before that is 22, and the quarters before that were 40 and 40 and 50. So it's still growing, even though the sales growth has slowed a little bit, and that might be part of the reasons why it's gone sideways for a year. But the valuations are telling me this thing is undervalued, and it's it looks like... The last three days, it might be bottoming. It, it was actually up today, one and a half percent. Okay. So I kind of like it. Well, I think you might be able to step okay. in here. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll take your advice and not add to it necessarily. I'll just uh, hang in there. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't sell it, but not now. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I would. I think it's already been beat up, and I think that's as far as it's going to get beat up. I think it's coming close to its bottom. Okay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 888-99-CHART. I got talking points all over the place, and I haven't been able to get to them. Uh, let's talk about concentration. Good and the good and the bad of concentration. When you have concentrated portfolio, meaning you have fewer positions, and if you're right, you'll make a ton of money, and you'll be very happy. If you're wrong, you get crushed. That's the good and bad. Now, that same thing applies to concentration in the indexes. For instance... Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and Apple make up 17% of the S&P 500. And mutual funds, do you know that mutual funds own 29% of these five companies? In other words, mutual funds have heavily concentrated in these five companies. That concentration, does not necessarily bad or good, but that does tell you that wherever these five companies go, the indexes are going to follow. In other words, if these five companies go up and value th- or four of the five or three of the five go up, the index will go up or down. Same thing is true. So it doesn't reflect. What's really disturbing is it doesn't reflect these. That doesn't reflect of the other four hundred and ninety-five companies in the S and P five hundred. It doesn't properly reflect what they're doing, the whole market, just these five stocks. That's what's worried me the most about indexing. And that's why it's working. But as these stocks go and the mutual funds keep buying these stocks, it becomes more and more concentrated. And therefore, when you think you're buying a broad base of insurance of companies and the S&P 500, well, you're not really, really... <laughs> You're buying 20% plus as it keeps going up, you know, are these five companies. Just just try to keep that in mind. Mutual funds are on top of this, too. They're doing the same thing. They're piling in. Trust me on this. So just something I think we should pay attention to. 
And finally, do we before the we don't have a we we got time for another caller? I don't know. That's up to you guys. But no, we don't. Okay, which group is smoking more pot? General Generation X, Millennials, Baby Boomers. In other words, which group is growing the fastest? You'll be surprised. The baby boomers are. <laughs> the number of Americans 65 and older smoking or eating marijuana products up 75% in the last three years. That's my generation. I'm not doing it, by the way. Just, just pointing it out. They didn't. The survey didn't say why, which I find interesting. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program, everybody. Justin Klein will be here tomorrow, as I will be in San Jose, conducting portfolio reviews. And, of course, I'll return here on Friday to InvestTalk, and with some of the highlights of my KPP Premium Newsletter, which I'll be writing overnight on Friday, tomorrow night. (laughs) Have a great weekend, everybody. I mean, actually, also have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1 800 557 5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.